listening to Coast to Coast Latino. Perhaps one of the most talented individuals to come out of New York, Joe Batan, with Gypsy Woman, during the uh, the Boogaloo period of uh, New York salsa music. Very powerful song, New York Gypsy Woman. If you get a chance, check him out on uh, YouTube, Joe Batan. B-A-T-A-A-N uh, or pick up his tunes on iTunes. I want to thank you for joining us. My name is Adrian Perez. I am your host here at Coast to Coast Latino on this Friday, Smoky Friday. The air quality continues to be really bad in Northern California. Anybody with health concerns are, is being told to stay inside. Don't go outside. The, the air quality is really, really bad. We're brought to you by uh, U-Haul for your storage and uh, moving needs. Be sure to contact U-Haul. We're also brought to you by OIC Tax Services. Uh, if you find yourself in trouble with the IRS, contact OIC Tax Services at OIC.com. Um, this is produced by the Vida de Oro Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit dedicated to the arts and uh, enhancing the community. Vida de Oro has been giving away food, coloring books, and a bunch of other things during this pandemic to needy families throughout uh, North Sacramento. And uh, which is we where we come from. Uh, this broadcast comes from uh, the beautiful Rancho del Paso in North Sacramento. It is a little bit of uh, of a somber day since today is 9/11. It's been 19 years since uh, the 9/11 uh, attacks happened in New York City, Pennsylvania, and Washington D.C. Uh, some of us were watching television, the regular news, and all of a sudden we were preempted to show one of the Twin Towers uh, burning. And uh, as we watched the building burn, we saw a second plane crash into the second tower, which was just shocking. And for those of us who had never seen anything like that, it was early in the morning, uh, on 9-11 when most of us were either getting ready to go to work or people in the East Coast were already at work. We lost quite a number of lives on that day. In addition to that, we lost uh, many Latinos who worked at the, uh, at the Twin Towers building, the World Trade Center. And uh, uh, we do know that uh, there were celebrations happening throughout the day today, and uh, and if you get a chance, participate in one. It's critical that we remember all those people who needlessly lost their lives. You just breathe the air, and that's how it's uh, passed. And so that's a very tricky one. That's a very delicate one. Uh, it's also more deadly than your... You know, your, even your strenuous 
President Trump talking to Bob Woodward, the famed journalist from uh, the Watergate uh, era, uh, who interviewed the president back on February the 7th. So this is Donald Trump on February the 7th telling Bob Woodward that COVID-19 is transmitted through the air and is a lot deadlier than the regular flu. Let me tell you why this is a significant concern. Because since that time, and he knew this on February the 7th, since that time, he has downplayed the coronavirus. He has uh, pretty much mocked all the scientists that have told him this is what we need to do to prevent the spread of this disease. And the other is, and probably the most important is, he just flat out lied to the American public, telling us that this thing was going to disappear, that it was going to go away. In fact, numerous times he said that it would disappear and go away by April uh, as soon as the weather got warmer. But not only has he gone with these phony beliefs and shared those on national television with the American public, he has gone on to tell us that hydroxychloroquine is a good drug for COVID-19, which of course has been found not to be that good. In fact, uh, could have significant side effects to individuals who take it. Uh, he also said that perhaps we should get uh, a lot of UV light to get rid of the virus. Uh, again, that was false. And But his constant determination not to believe even the standards that his own scientists had laid out for people to do the social distancing, wear masks, and and uh, wash their hands regularly, and quite frankly, avoid large crowds. He has completely ignored all of that. His rallies, as recently as this week, continue to have a couple of thousand people, none of them wearing masks, and all of them screaming and yelling and laughing. And him knowing that the virus is spread through the air. Um, it, it, it's frustrating because as of today, we have well over 190,000 people who have died of COVID-19 in just five months. And yet he has the, the audacity to come out in the media to attack Bob Woodward and his book called Rage and and say that that's a hit piece on him. Bob Woodward, in his book, pretty much says, look, it's not about what is going on in America right now. It's about him getting reelected. And it's always been all about him getting reelected. And he also goes further and says that this guy is not uh, for this job. Many of us know that. We've seen it. We've seen it over the, the, the course of, of this entire pandemic where he has come out, uh, suggested that we go ahead and open up our economy, 
suggested that we put our kids right back in school with no with no health strategies with no without guidance of any kind just aimlessly saying you guys have to do this you guys have to do that and not and 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 the many followers of Donald Trump and I understand why they follow him the many followers of Donald Trump are agreeing with him but they're also suffering as a result uh, just look at look at uh, Herman Cain Herman Cain attended his Tulsa Oklahoma event you know a month later Herman Cain is dead from COVID-19 there are many people who are frustrated with this president because of that and there's members in both parties that are extremely frustrated with this president because of, of his handling of the coronavirus and it has created a a huge number of unemployment which means that this entire economy has been uh, you know under his attack because he could have avoided all of this going back to February 7th he knew what it was he knew what was coming he should have warned American people instead of saying now that that he didn't want to uh, uh, create a panic you know he underestimates the intelligence of the American people and I think that's really unfortunate I mean it's bad enough for us Latinos uh, who support Donald Trump we haven't heard him say oh uh, uh, you know Hispanics you guys are ni nice people but you're too stupid to vote for me and that's pretty much what what uh, uh, his former attorney, personal attorney, told us in his book that came out last week, that he that Donald Trump really believed that Latinos were too stupid to support him, and it doesn't surprise me because he does use the term very loosely. The word stupid, he uses it very loosely. Uh, he called uh, uh, Joe Biden stupid so it do, it doesn't it's it's one of those th those things that can't shock us anymore okay this shouldn't be a shock either but let me let me share with you if you are still supporting Donald Trump after listening to these tapes that were made over there were 18 interviews that Bob Woodward did with the president listening to these tapes clearly tells us that there's something really wrong with our president and uh, perhaps a change is not a bad idea come November this pandemic is not going to go away and we know it uh, Dr. Fauci who's the expert on this pandemic is telling us that we had better hunker down we better be prepared for this fall and winter season because it's probably going to be a lot worse and uh, since we were unable to control the spread of the virus because of people who decided not to follow the rules and thinking that uh, the government is trying to control them well no thank you because as a result we're probably going to look at more shutdowns and an uglier uh, next five to six months because of your inaction and your inability to believe 
something that you couldn't see. And by the way, you also can't see oxygen now, can you? Which is what we need to breathe. This virus destroys the ability for your lungs to bring in oxygen. You should understand that. There are other impacts, of course, that the coronavirus has uh, has uh, has taken on, uh, especially our youth. Uh, not only our education systems totally disrupted, athletic programs are totally disrupted, art programs are totally disrupted, and in a recent study conducted by the uh, University of Chicago. It says that the majority of Americans between the ages of 18 and 34, that's 56%, by the way, say that they have uh, at least sometimes felt isolated in the past month. In other words, it's having a mental impact on our youth. And again, no thank you to the lack of action that our federal government has uh, not taken. And uh, had they done the right thing back on February 7th, we probably wouldn't be facing all of this uh, as we are now. It's very frustrating. The impact of COVID-19 on the Latino population continues to be the worst. All we need to do is, is open up pretty much any newspaper where there's a large Latino population and it tells you there what the impacts are, the large number of infections, the large number of deaths as a result of COVID-19. Uh, we need to take this, uh, this pandemic extremely serious. We as Latinos need to pay attention, follow the rules, and uh, that'll guarantee pretty much that uh, that uh, we won't be getting coronavirus anytime soon. And yes, we are the population that has the underlying uh, medical circumstances that, that make COVID-19 even worse. We have diabetes, we're obese, we have high blood pressure, we have heart disease. All of these are underlying factors that'll impact your ability to recover from COVID-19 if you get COVID-19. So wash your hands, social distancing, wear a mask, and uh, don't be too proud not to wear a mask, okay? There's no such thing. Be proud when you're able to survive and uh, look, at, look at something in the eye and say, I did it, I overcame it, and I'm successful. A recent uh, CNBC change uh, research poll shows that the majority of voters in the six swing states consider President Trump and Vice President Joe Biden mentally unfit to be president. That pretty much tells us what I think a lot of us voters feel is that uh, We've got a choice to vote for bad or for really bad. And uh, some of us already experienced really bad or are experiencing, I should say, really bad. As a result, we've made a decision 
to perhaps endorse bad. Uh, is Joe Biden really that bad? Numerous articles came out this week uh, in newspapers across the U.S. Uh, indicating that many Latinos are still not uh, sold on Joe Biden. And in fact, uh, there's a belief that perhaps his support amongst Latinos will drop below that of which uh, Hillary, uh, Hillary Clinton had four years ago. Uh, it's possible, uh, but it's also possible that, that these articles are, are, being, uh, are being written and placed in publications, uh, believe it or not, through Russia, because they have found that Russia continues to meddle in our uh, election. Uh, in fact, the, uh, the uh, CIA has warned uh, uh, the Joe Biden camp that uh, his emails have also been uh, compromised. I think, uh, I think overall, it's going to be our decision to vote for one or the other, without a doubt. But here's the problem, folks. Although we're, we're getting everybody, lots of people, Latinos, uh, registered to vote, can we get them to the polls? Can we get them to fill out their forms if they do, if they do absentee ballots? Can we get them to actually vote? And here's what I'm proposing to you, all, you, all the listeners, okay, Assume leadership, identify 10 family and, and friends, 10, and vote together. Vote as a block. Because only then can we ensure that we Latinos actually exercise our voice. This year is extremely important for our community to really demonstrate our ability to make a difference okay being 19 percent of the nation's population tells me that if one in five americans can't make that difference uh there's something wrong we can do it but as i said if you do it in blocks so identify at least 10 family and, and and friends, vote together. Exercise your right to vote because understand your future and this country's future depends on your voice. And when you don't vote, your voice can't be heard. When you don't vote, you have no idea how money is being spent how public policy is being passed, then you get frustrated because you go, well, how come they didn't do this? How come they didn't do that? Well, your voice wasn't there. You need to make your voice heard. So if you haven't registered to vote, make sure you get yourself registered to vote. Again, identify 10 family members and friends. Go out and vote as a block make a difference. Make that a campaign for yourself. Be a leader and make it happen. Because again, your voice 
counts. The Latino voice is very important. Here in California, we've had a majority Democrat uh, 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 leadership going on, believe it or not, 30 years. The problem with that is we have a lot of bickering between the Democrats. And yes, we have Latinos that we've elected who are not necessarily representing the best interest of California or Californians, or for that matter, Latinos. And what we need is we need to identify the candidates, understand who the candidates are, understand what they bring to the table. And, and once you've done that, then by all means, vote for them. But if they don't bring anything to the table that's going to be of value to you, don't vote for them, even if they are Latino. Because now we're learning that not all Latinos think the same way. Okay, some Latinos, for example, are very pro-union. There's nothing wrong with being pro-union, but there is a problem when you're doing it at the cost of business, small business. Because you see, Latinos are also very entrepreneurial. Many of our businesses are being hurt by bad public policy that is passed by Democrats. And so we need to address that. I know there are a lot of you who have gone out there and, and really push hard, uh, vote blue, vote blue. Just like the Republicans, vote red, vote red. I'm telling you, don't do that. What you need to do is you need to look at the candidates because that way we also start sending a strong message to both parties telling them, if you want the Latino support, if you want the Latino voters, you need to look at the issues. You need to look at what is going to benefit the Latino community. And sometimes voting all blue and voting all red uh, can really harm us, as we've seen here in the state of California. Texas is perhaps going to be the next one to go blue. Uh, if they do go blue, will they stay blue for long periods of time? So, you know, Tejanos, you got to pay attention to this. You got to look at this and say, are we going to go and vote blue? Are we going to go and vote red? Or are we going to look at the candidates? and see who's going to be the best for our community, for the Mexican-Americans, the Chicanos, the, the, the Latinos that live in Texas. Floridians already figured that one out. That's why you keep seeing a shift between red and blue, red and blue. Uh, and that's good, because that's the way it's supposed to work. Okay, you look at the candidates and you vote for the candidates. Don't look at the party and vote for the party. That's a mistake. Now, you may register as a Democrat and you may register as a Republican. But the bottom line is when it comes to the to the big elections, you got to go after the right candidate for the job. Changing up to uh, images of Latinos on film or television, uh, the uh, USC Annenberg Inclusion Initiative uh, 
which is the group that examines uh, the diversity on films and television every year, has released their latest report. It came out uh, yesterday, Thursday. Uh, the findings show that minorities starred in 32 of the top 100 films in the U.S. last year, that's 2019, far higher than the notably low 13 minority leads in 2007, uh, which was when the program uh, was first initiated. Now, uh, understand that last year also had the largest number of non-ethnic groups uh, being featured in films. Okay, so although this says that that uh, that the the top 100 films, but of all the films, the majority of them are still uh, non uh, non ethnic. Only five percent of the speaking roles in last year's top 100 movies went to Latino actors. Even though, of course, their demographic represents 18 percent, 19 percent rather of the uh, U.S. population. Uh, Latinos were the only major racial and ethnic group that is still underrepresented on on-screen speaking roles. And uh, here's the other thing, and perhaps one of the things that, that frustrates me is I'm also a big science fiction fan. I watch Star Trek, Star Wars, etc. I'm a big science fiction fan. We are nowhere in the future nowhere to be found in the future. We are nowhere to be found in Star Trek. We are nowhere to be found in Star Wars. Well, we kind of did, you know, Arturito, R2-D2, and, uh, and Chewie, Chewbacca. But the bottom line is we don't have Latinos in any of these major roles. On television, we have uh, Magnum P.I., Latino, Top, top, top performance, uh, and he should definitely get recognized. But other than that, we, we're not we're not anywhere to be found in the future. So, for any of you who are listening to this podcast, and you happen to be a screenwriter, do me a favor, include us in there somewhere, because we are going to be part of your future, and that's just based on very basic math when you look at the number of Latinos that are that are multiplying across the United States we will be part of your future without a doubt and you should start including us in major roles uh, and and let me tell you the impact of of having Latinos in major roles also has a significant impact on our youth someone to look up to, someone to really listen to. Uh, sure, we have Eva Longoria. Eva Longoria, by the way, uh, recently got involved with uh, United Farm Workers doing some, uh, some uh, 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 great pieces to be able to, to, to get people to, to vote and also to, to participate in the U.S. Census. But it's not just Eva Longoria. We have a huge number of, of tremendous Latino and Latina leaders uh, uh, in, the, in the acting world, performance world. And we ought to see a lot more considering the number of people, 
Latinos that we have in the United States. Um, in addition to that, and I think I've, I've uh, shared this in the, in the recent podcasts, uh, there is a Hispanic-led group of people that are putting together what's called a, a PAC, a political action committee. And this particular political action committee is a super PAC, which means we're talking about a lot of money. They're going to be producing advertising. They're going to be producing a lot of things in order for the Latino community to participate politically in the November elections. We have the uh, Hispanic Heritage Month starting next week, September 15th. That's Tuesday. Uh, it goes all the way through October the 15th. And uh, public media is going to be putting on a, uh, an event called Voces and other Latin voices of the Hispanic Heritage Month. Uh, my understanding is that it's online, cpb.org cpb that's corporate corporation for uh, public broadcasting uh, cpb.org uh, be sure to uh, check them out and find out uh, when they're going to be showing uh, the different programs uh, for Latinos during uh, Hispanic Heritage Month make sure you also check out public broadcasting system uh, they too have a listing of uh, events activities and programs they're going to be sharing during the uh, the uh, Hispanic Heritage Month. Um, my recommendation also is for you to identify uh, local organizations in your community. Find out what they're doing uh, for Hispanic Heritage Month. Uh, find out if it is in fact something that uh, you can get involved in in one way or another. We need to support our nonprofits, by the way. Uh, we need to support the efforts of our nonprofits. And um, for those of you that are millennials, I am asking you to start participating in the existing nonprofits, whether they're political, social, etc. It doesn't matter. The thing is, is that you need to participate. Okay. Anyway, uh, apparently that's my cue. So I want to thank you for joining me this Friday, September 11th, 2020. Uh, my name is Adrian Perez. You've been listening to Coast to Coast Latino. Uh, we are also available to you. All our podcasts are available to you at our website at coasttocoastlatino.com. That's coast, the number two, coastlatino.com. Coasttocoastlatino.com. Drop us a line. Let us know what you think about our show. Uh, we can also be reached at Latino at coasttocoastlatino.com. That's Latino at coasttocoastlatino.com. Again, Adrian Perez, want to wish you a safe and a wonderful weekend. Until next Wednesday, we'll see you here at Coast to Coast Latino. Coast to Coast Latino.